Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. And you begin with your mind and alignment. We're limitless and you are powerful. And welcome, Tammy Moses. Tammy is a chief encouragement officer, which we love that. And her business is Homes Are for Living. And she will be sharing with us all about mindset shifting around organization. And she works with solving the hoarding solution. So welcome. Hi, Christy. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're excited about this topic. We have all seen or experienced or heard of or watched shows about hoarding. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you're here with us talking about this? Well, I kind of never thought I would talk about this in a public way. I never realized how many people actually had experienced this in some way. And I, I personally joined the military right out of high school because I wanted to kind of escape having grown up in that type of environment. And I felt like if I stayed where I grew up, I would never, never escape other people's thoughts or opinions about the environment or what that said about me. And so I have learned now that I'm much older and <laughs> that we don't necessarily leave our problems behind just because we go to a new location. And so over time, I started to really reflect on how I had survived this situation as a teenager. And I started to share a little bit with a blog, talk about it a little bit, but I was very quiet about it still. And eventually I got involved with a a business mentoring program where I said I wanted to talk about housing issues. And they had said, the people that were leading that were like, well, you know, everybody talks about housing. What else do you know? And I said, well, I, I understand this thing about hoarding and I, I see where it's a problem. And they're like, um, so you've seen the shows, right? No, actually, <laughs> <laughs> I had heard about them, but I didn't watch them because for me, they were very triggering. That clutter was very triggering. And when I first started working in this business, I did on-site work with people that struggled with hoarding issues and clutter. And I didn't even, as, as silly as it might sound, I didn't even realize how triggering clutter was until I started to go into these environments. The other side of that was I could see what it would look like if all that stuff was gone. And I could imagine what their space would be like and how they could have their life again if they could access their space. And I started to very much enjoy seeing that switch go on. Oh, I could have this space back. I could do, live this differently. I can do crafts again in my craft room. And so I just started to see where if you started to talk with the person and understand what their goals were, you could kind of reignite hope for them. And that part was very, I had never experienced that part 
didn't realize how much clearing your space could clear your mind, could clear your things that are weighing you down. And so what I found was in the beginning, a lot of people didn't have a clutter issue, but something happened where it became an issue. And I see this a lot with long-term health struggles, cancer, dialysis, um, someone's maybe had a stroke or a hip issue. And a lot of us think that only happens to people that are, you know, 80 and above, but I've seen it in much younger people who still are somehow struggling with clutter in, in their home. And when people think about hoarding, we think about, oh, there's just a bunch of stuff, right? And it's in the way we should clean it up. That'll solve the problem. But in reality, there's so much going on underneath that that's what we need to be looking at. That's what we need to remember is going on. And a lot of times it's trauma, depression, anxiety, unaddressed trauma. Um, it could be a traumatic brain injury. It could be PTSD or um, complex PTSD. And so there's all these things going on with someone and all we're seeing is kind of the the top of the iceberg we're not seeing all the underneath and the underlying things which is why when you and I've talked about kind of the mindset thing I'm like it's so so much about mindset that goes into these situations yeah and that's why I was excited to talk about this just because even though you work with people at an extreme of this mindset, there's many people dealing with the, with it at smaller levels or where it's still manageable, but that mindset, where are we carrying that mindset in our lives, in our businesses that's holding us back? And how are we, like, I've heard of the people who have a hundred thousand emails, right? Well, I have a lot of emails as well. And I've heard people describe their email inbox as more of like a database, a search database, because you just go in there and you type in, you know, Susie, and then you're looking for all emails that related to that instead of, hey, I put them all in the Susie file, you know, and I'm just as guilty of that, where I'm hunting for something that I probably should have filed or printed or dealt with already. And it's possible to have information hoarding, right? And as business people, how many times do we um, buy stuff or a program or some magical thing and we never look at it again? Like, you know, or shiny object syndrome. And I've had people in my past say, oh, you think you're perfect. Uh, far from it. <laughs> when I'm talking about clutter, I'm talking to myself. You know, I'm talking about, you know, I have laundry to fold and things to put away and, you know, but again, that's in a manageable state versus you can't see your kitchen counter because there is empty bottles and takeout containers and mail and you can't run a coffee pot because it might burn something like that's a different situation. But I've heard people say like a clean desk is a sign of a sick mind, but I kind of feel the opposite. Like the more chaos we have around us, I think it indicates the more 
confused or indecisive we might be, or just the state of chaos that we're dealing with mentally or something in our lives that is manifesting because of this excessive clutter that we have sitting there with us. And it's kind of a, a feng shui principle of moving things. And when you move things in your space, you're moving the energy, you're moving, you're allowing other things in. And it doesn't mean you have to get rid of it necessarily. It just means you're moving your decoration or your chair or whatever it is, so that you're changing the energy in that space. And I think in the last couple of years, I had to learn, I don't have to sit at my desk and work. I can sit in the backyard. I could move into the living room. I could sit in the bedroom if I'm not doing something on camera, you know? And I think what I've learned in the last couple of years is that I was too rigid on what I think work is or where I have to do it. And even that was a mindset shift into who says I have to write my blog posts sitting at my desk? Like, why is that a rule? Why can't I sit outside with the dog under the tree, which I have done? And <clears throat> I just think that it's important to recognize we don't always have to do everything the same way we've always done it. And I think with hoarding or too much stuff, we get stuck in a pattern. Yeah. And I, you know, a little bit ago, you said a clean desk is a sign of a sick mind or a clear desk. And I have heard otherwise. I've heard that our space is a replication of what's internal. So if you have chaos around you, it's because you have chaos within you. And that seems to be kind of how I see it. And in my own experience, when I'm going through a hard time, the first thing to go is my house. My laundry piles up a little bit. My, you know, I don't make my bed as much as I do when I'm in a good space. So I think it's a reflection of what's internal, you know, and there, there's been a lot of, my background is interior design. So huh. sometimes people will have a walk in and it's beautiful and clean, but you open the closet doors. And there's clutter or, you know, um, some type of hoarding at some level, chaos, you know, mess. And that, that's a replication of what's going on internally. You might be showing up in one way, but what's going on is another way. So I think it's definitely a replication of what's happening in the inner workings. It can be an extreme. On the other hand, too, if you're OCD, everything has to be pristine at every moment. That's something going on within you too, because your, your need to control your environment may be a need to feel safe. So there's a lot of, of different aspects of mindset and it's kind of fascinating in talking with you, how that is connected. And of course, you know, one extreme, we're talking a smaller scale here with, but with our, with our businesses or our, our stuff or ourselves or our notebooks or like you said, our emails <laughs> and, and the mindset shifting and the, sh I like how you brought in feng shui because when you, if you are hoarding anything, you are blocking energy and you are limiting opportunities and the magic that could happen in your life. And I, I had a chance last year to, I was kind of surprised to talk at the, uh, I think it's the London School of Feng Shui and they had a, a summit and I got to talk a little bit about the hoarding and the energy piece. And I don't think, 
when I first started this, that I, even I personally understood all the ways this is interconnected and all the ways that this impacts how we think and how we feel and whether or not we invite someone into our space, you know, how how judged are we going to feel? And I, and I really see a continuum, you know, where you have this pristine, ready for a photo shoot house versus, hey, you know, I live here with a cat and a dog and a spouse and a kid. And, oh, but I also want it to be friendly, a friendly atmosphere. I don't want to be embarrassed or ashamed because I know what that feels like to be like, oh, don't come over. I don't want you coming in. Um, Something we kind of kid about, but it's true, is doorbell dread. If you grew up in an environment where people weren't welcome and every time someone came, you were like, oh, run, hide, don't answer the door, don't let them in. That really carries over even to adulthood where your house could be as clean as you could possibly get it and you're still worried that someone's going to judge you or say something negative about your environment. And it's just learning that energy is all around us and that it's pulling us one way or another and understanding that peace is very important and understanding that most people have a little stack of mail or some laundry or you know too many emails or like it i think in some ways we need to normalize the fact that most people don't live in perfect conditions it it may be not what you're used to it may not be up to your standards but like you mentioned if we get sick or we travel or something happens the first thing to go is our house like how important is it really until it starts bugging us to the point that we have to take action and it also can cause conflict in relationships right because you might have a high tolerance for clutter and the person you live with whether it's a spouse or roommate or friend they might not have that high of a tolerance and so it can cause a lot of conflict in a relationship if you're not aware of what each of you can tolerate Mm -hmm. yeah so can you give us some mindset tips on how to shift from all the things that cause us to hoard at whatever level we're doing it, whether it's our notes in our notebook or our thoughts, our feelings. There's so many things that we can hoard. There's, it's like, there's not a limit on what we can accumulate, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. And I would say that the first thing we have to look at is ourselves. What, what is it that we might be seeing in others that's irritating us, but I think we have to look back at ourselves and say, I'm very frustrated with them, but what, what is it about me or what I'm bringing to it that I'm frustrated by. And I think you have to look at yourself. There's a reason why you put your own mask on first on the plane there, you know, there's a reason why it's suggested that you look at self-care and your self-worth and your motivations before you step into have a conversation with someone else or judge that situation. And I think it comes down to our own boundaries and what, what do we tolerate 
and why. And something to remember is if you have done a lot of work personally, whether it's mindset or therapy or just working through meditation or whatever, and if you've done a lot of that work, you're probably in a better space to step back and go, oh, hmm, this one's not about me. <laughs> and But it's very easy to be thinking it's all about you in some of these cases, especially if you've had a conversation or tried to get through to someone and you keep thinking, oh, they're ignoring me, but really you have to look at where are they at? And maybe it's not about you, which um, can be a challenge. So, and the other part is if you're trying to clear your space, say you've had it, you're done. And I try to keep it simple with like a keep, donate, discard. And it specifically with physical things, but you have to look at what are you trying to accomplish? And if what you have right now is interfering with where you're trying to go, you have to pause. You have to look at it. You have to deal with it. Or you'll just keep dragging it around and it will interfere with where you're trying to go. And relationships are a huge part of this. And I see people struggling constantly with the amount of clutter in their home versus what they'd really like to have in their home, more relationships, the grandkids to visit, um, having people in for a cup of coffee without running around for 15 minutes, gathering up everything you haven't dealt with all week. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you manage it so that you are relaxed and comfortable in your space? So I think you have to really look at what your end goals are and don't, don't make it complicated keep it as simple as you can. But like, so for example, if I look at keep, donate, discard, I could do all that. But where I live, I probably am going to have a burn bag, right? Like the confidential things or whatever that I'm not going to just throw out, I'm going to have a burn bag or a shred bag. Um, the other thing is have a bag or box ready for donations at any time. Because as you're going through your life, I've done it. I've worn a shirt and I'm like, I hate this shirt. Why do I, why is it in my closet? So you send it through the laundry, you bring it home, you put it in your donate bin. You know, you just figure out ways to manage your space a little better, manage your stuff a little better so that it's less of a irritation in your life and in your relationships. Yeah, I love that. Somebody a long time ago gave me this concept of when you look at something and you analyze, how does this make me feel? Mm -hmm. And then based on how that thing makes you feel, you either keep it, give it away or throw it away. And I do that with a lot of things, but even just talking to you, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to go through this, this, and this, and just reassess and reanalyze. What do these things mean to me? How do they make me feel? Why am I holding on to them? What am I getting out of it? And I, I wrote down what you said about the mindset tips, look at self. So self-analyzation, clarity of yourself and then boundaries and, and analyze your responsibility or part in it. What a part of this is mine? What part of this is not mine to take responsibility for? And then keep it simple and be intentional. Actually, that was probably my favorite one. Keep it simple and be intentional. If we think that in every area, so our home, our relationship, our, our business, 
keep it simple and be intentional. That makes making decisions really easily. And as far as organization, you said have a, a always have a giveaway box or a donate box. And I love that because I do that. I have that because it makes it, get, it makes getting rid of it easier. Put it in that box in the garage when it's full. We take it to the, in the van, give it away. And we're passing on the blessings. You know, we're passing on what I feel often that I'm so blessed with what I do have that when I realize there's something I don't need or don't love or I'm just tired of looking at then I can just release that and move it along. And I don't need to worry about necessarily where it's going. Although I think it is good to be intentional about where you're gifting or where you're giving things to. But part of that is control. Like, oh no, I gave this away. What's going to happen to it? And that the gift of giving or releasing or donating means I'm not in charge of it anymore. So it kind of becomes not my concern what happens to it. And a lot of people that do have extreme hoarding issues have that fear that the thing they gave away is going to be wasted or thrown in the dump or not appreciated. But the thing is, is that what do you want? What are you trying to accomplish by giving these things away? And how is that going to make your life better? And I think once we start looking at where we're going and how does this action help us get there? It relieves us from worrying about where that stuff's going because about a year ago I moved and it gets to the point when you're moving that you really don't care (laughs) what happens to the stuff. You just don't want it in your space anymore. I gave things away. I had it out on the free curb. You know, I put it posted in the social media, Hey, free stuff on the street. And that helped me feel good about releasing it. Plus, I didn't have to pay to haul it somewhere, you know, so um, but it's pretty amazing when you get done, when you know you're done and you reached your threshold, you kind of don't care anymore what you just want it out. And I think in some ways that's a healthy place to get to because it is around boundaries. And I would look at things and go, I don't want this in my other house that I'm going to have eventually. I don't want to pack it. I don't want to look at it again. I just want to make the decision now. And just something I want to mention about decisions, because a lot of us get stuck in paperwork things, paperwork loop, I will call it. And I was in one recently and I was like, why am I avoiding this? Because I have to make decisions. I have to say, yes, I will do this. No, I will not do that. And so I, see people really struggling with paperwork and I was I just had this moment where I was like well it's all the decisions we have to make on this darn piece of paper that that makes it difficult and that's why we avoid doing some of these things because we don't want to be committed to the decision and it doesn't necessarily help us if we keep putting it off yeah so I you nailed it with the paperwork I never thought of that I mean, every person I know has a stack of paperwork that they haven't gone through, you know, in their office or in their kitchen, in their drawer, whatever it might be. And, but I didn't think of it like that. That is why it's avoidable, you know, easy to avoid because you do have to make decisions. Do I need this? Do I need to keep it? Will I need it for my taxes? (laughs) Right. And it's, it can be exhausting. I read something 
of course, I might be using this as an excuse, but I read something yesterday around when you don't respond to something, you don't respond to an email or a text or a Facebook message. And it isn't because you're ignoring someone, it's because you're overwhelmed by all the requests and things coming at you. And I was like, wow, that really hits with me because by the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not going to have a Zoom call at 7 p.m. Like, I'm just not doing it, you know? Um, and there are times, okay, I will make an exception. I will do that, whatever. But, like, overall, it's like, hey, do you want to jump on a call right now? Mm, no, no, actually, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be hard to say no sometimes because maybe, maybe it is an important call or a client and maybe it is the only time they can meet. But is it eating into your family time? Is that when you're supposed to eat dinner? Like, how people-pleasing do you have to be to meet your goals? And the answer is, you don't have to be. You need to know what your limits are. But you can still be kind and compassionate within limits. But um, I guess in some ways it also comes back to making a decision because what time are you going to meet? Could you do it another day, another time? And I, I tend to be a lot more of a planner these days than a fluid go with the flow just because I'm getting, I get overwhelmed and I totally understand the overwhelmed feeling and why people aren't responding or why people are delayed in their response and things have shifted a lot right in the last couple of years a lot of us are at home a lot more we aren't going to on the commute we aren't doing some of those previous things and i think our our lines get blurred too much um and that can make it challenging to oh i guess respect ourselves respect our time like i could work i have a friend who's like I have to leave or I'd work 24 seven. I was like, Hmm, that's a pretty good point. If I don't leave and do something once <laughs> totally disengage, you're right. I'd work all the time. And in some ways it's healthy, right? Like it means you enjoy you, what you're doing and all that. But in other ways you're like, I'm sick of this. This needs to go, you know? And I was thinking about this also where it's those little things that can make a difference and it could be a bar of soap you like, it could be a cup of tea, maybe you spend extra 10 minutes petting the dog or the cat, like there's all these little things that you can do that are self-care, that are um, shifting, if you will, it will shift your energy if you take you know, five more minutes in the shower or you find those fuzzy socks or um, personally, I've been layering a lot of wool and I know for some people that would just be insane. Like how much wool could you possibly wear? <laughs> Enough to not be cold, thank you. <laughs> um, but finding those little things and especially if you're worried about, like say you don't quite believe you should be doing what you're doing or you have doubts about what you're bringing into the world. Hello, I know about that. Um, what things can you do to make you feel okay and kind of remind yourself that you're valuable and worthy and that this 
mission that you're on is what you are supposed to be doing. And I never thought I'd talk about hoarding. Like, hey, we didn't have running water when I was growing up. Um, you know, hey, we had to to I had to smuggle trash out in my laundry because otherwise I couldn't get the trash out of my bedroom. Like weird little things that turn out to be tips that people living in these situations now need to hear, you know? And you don't you don't have to go home for the holidays, right? It maybe it's not comfortable. Maybe the relationships are toxic or maybe you just don't want to go. <laughs> And as an adult, you can choose that, right? You can shift your mindset into what you will tolerate and what you won't. And how do, how do you do that so that you're satisfied? It doesn't mean you aren't concerned or that you don't care. It just means maybe you are just as important as those other people that you're worried about pleasing or displeasing. And I'm seeing it especially now holiday time where not everyone goes home to the movie channel, you know, environment. And it can be hard to explain that to someone who's like, Oh, why wouldn't you just go home? <laughs> well, let's talk about the falling insulation or <laughs> let's talk about, you know, the fact that I'm an adult and no one else in my family seems to be aware of that um where we've all aged in the past 20 30 years and again to me it comes back to that mindset piece of what are you willing to deal with what are you willing to tolerate and if you deal with people that don't understand what boundaries are you have to lay them out you have to decide what you're going to deal how you're going to deal with it and business as well, like with a client, what are you going to tolerate? How many times are you going to let them no show you? You know, how many times are you going to do some pro bono work just knowing that's what you're going to do? And there's a really great, I wish I could think of the name of the book, but it's by Scott Oldford. And I read it recently, but something he had been uh, writing about is the idea of lending money. And if you're going to give, lend money, think of it as a gift. That's it. Don't have an expectation that someone's going to get it back to you. If they do, great. But if you're in a position where you could lend it, then maybe you're in a position to just give it and not be caught up in the collection. And I don't necessarily mean in business that way. I just mean in general, where if you can afford it, then why not just be abundant about it and just give it as a gift? And I had to really stop and think about that, right? How many people are in a weird mindset around money? I know I was. It doesn't grow on trees. There's not enough to go around. All those things. So, and that's a huge mindset piece in business. Like, what's your rate? How are you going to set it? What are you going to do if people don't pay? Like, you know, what? how do you set some limits so that you're doing your work, but you're not being taken advantage of? And I see if you don't want to rock the boat, you aren't going to ask for the money. You aren't going to ask for, Hey, this payment's late. Where, where is it? And 
I've had to go, kind of go through that myself with, hmm, I'm cleaning up this mess. Should I charge 50 bucks an hour? Mm. Then you start talking to other people who do that work and they're like, uh, no, <laughs> that's far too low. Um, and so it is a matter of figuring out your value and what are you bringing and not necessarily, I had this conversation too recently where if you work really hard, that doesn't make you more worthy as a human. It just means you work really hard. Like you have value just because you're here and working hard is okay. It's valuable. I understand. But so is figuring out how to work smarter and how not to work yourself to death. You know, where's your, I don't know. People talk about work-life balance, but I kind of think of it's more like I have balance so then I can juggle. <laughs> right, right. That's a good mindset. Well, and, you know, I hear you talking a lot about that inner peace value and the worthiness is so connected to the boundaries mm-hmm. but sometimes we need help with that um, people don't have the ability to step back and say where's my boundaries or where are my missing boundaries or how do I do this or how do I handle this if I have a boundary which is why it's really good to work with a coach or somebody who can help us so if this is resonating or who this is resonating with I should say those who are <laughs> resonating with this how can they um work with you or have a conversation with you about working with you? What would be your, your steps for that? So my, my website is uh, the hoarding solution.com. And I do have a group called the hoarding where you can join us. Um, it's a lot about people who are dealing with this, like industry professionals, um, as well as family members that are trying to figure out how to help their loved ones. Um, I can also be reached at hoardingsolution at gmail.com if you're wanting more specific um, one-on-one guidance. I'm happy to do uh, a consultation um, and just kind of get an idea of what you're dealing with. And I mean, I'm on social media. I'm um, at The Hoarding Solution on Facebook and Instagram. And I just want people to know they aren't alone and that sometimes it really helps to talk to someone who knows what you're dealing with without having to explain or justify, you know, it's not every person that can say, you know, I love my mom, but I'm pissed off, (laughs) you know, and, and not go, that's terrible. Well, okay. Yeah. Maybe it is terrible, but not in the way you're thinking. So, um, it's a challenge to help our aging parents and if they have hoarding issues or other chaotic situations going on that just makes it even more challenging and it's hard to see someone you love struggling like that and refuse help so i i encourage people to reach out to to join a group i'm i've been working on a membership situation which i think will help people because sometimes you have a question at 3 a.m. and no one's there to talk to you about it. Um, and so I'm, I'm working on something around that so that people could have access to some of the videos and information 24 seven. But again, my website is the hoardingsolution.com. 
and I can be reached at thehoardingsolution at gmail.com. Okay, I will put that in the description for people to access. Um, this was a good conversation. I appreciated it. Something we can all learn from and how many people have an experience with this at some level, whether it's a parent or a friend, um, and there is pain in it from any of the directions of it. So yeah, I encourage them to reach out to you. And the Facebook group is great because then, you know, when you feel acknowledged and seen and heard the healing can begin and something like that can really give you that, that seen, acknowledged, heard, and, you know, acknowledgement that we need. Yes. And thank you so much for having me and um, having the space to talk about it. And you're right. The acknowledgement, when I started to finally understand that I was not alone and that almost every business conference or something I went to that was not related in any way to hoarding, people would ask what you do and then be like, oh, I know this person or that person, or I grew up with that, or how can I help my great aunt? Or, you know, so it really opened the space for conversations that I didn't know we needed to be having. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And the more we speak about something, the more healing we bring to it. Mm -hmm. oh, this is good. All right. I will leave your, your information in the description and we thank you all for listening and we will see you on the next one.